Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse four. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south, and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing. Nor the ear its fear of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, "Look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago." It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of man of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered, but those who follow. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, we're looking today at. Um, I'm worried that things will never change. And、uh, whether that's internally in our inner chaos, or whether that's in the sort of chaos and conflict that we see around about us,、um, and I think that is a very, very shared、uh, emotion. Perhaps particularly at the moment, as we look at inevitable changes, as we look to make changes, perhaps post lockdown as well, as we make those sort of post lockdown resolutions that some of us are making to to do life slightly differently. To Hold life maybe slightly differently. There's a fear of just going back to the same old, same old. A bit like this guy in Ecclesiastes, who in、uh, in this first reading in chapter one says, you know, nothing really is going to be new. We're, we're caught in a cycle, he says, and it goes around and around. And actually, is there anything new、um, under heaven? Well, the Bible and the Gospel of Jesus believes and is based on the belief and the truth,、uh, in my eyes, that it is possible to be a new creation. That the old has gone, that the new is come. And so we're going to just examine that. We're going to examine the the fact that we are capable of change. Why? Because of who God is,、um, but that it's not a try harder, as Paul himself found out. That it is actually leaning into this new law of grace, delighting in it, and knowing that we are forgiven, we are being changed. And、uh, that that is both a gradual thing sometimes, but also can be quite a dramatic thing as well. And I think there is an enemy at work that Paul also talks about in our second reading that kind of wars with that, and that says you, you're never going to change.、Um, and there's a sort of a sense that.、Um, 
we, we fear being stuck. We fear the cycles of addiction that we find ourselves in never actually being broken. But there is freedom for us. Um, I truly believe that and we believe that as Riverside Church. And we're going to hear now from Hayley as she shares a little bit of her story. And uh, she found this freedom in 2009 and to this day in 2020. This is her story and this is her now. Good morning. It's lovely to be able to share with you today. And I'm going to share a few um, stories and just a testimony really about what Jesus Christ has done in my life. I'm a graduate of Teen Challenge and I graduated the programme in 2009. I went in 2007 and I was just a real mess. My life had taken a turn and just spiralled out of control from my early te teenage years. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew the love of Christ. I knew what it was to grow up with that security. And yet when I hit my teenage years, my life just spiralled out of control. I suffered with very low self-esteem, um, a lack of confidence. And um, as I hit comprehensive school, started to get bullied and just that whole cycle. Um, at the age of 12, um, I started to smoke cannabis with some friends on my street and in school. And that was just the start, really, of a journey of walking into um, the drug scene. Um, at 15, I was introduced to a drug called Speed. I started to take that drug, huge amounts of that drug, and I quickly became addicted. Um, by the time I was 17, I had to leave the family home because of my behaviour. And I had my own flat, but it really became just a drug den where people came. There was a lot of drugs and a lot of crime. Um, because of the effects of the drugs on my mental state, I became quite violent. I ended up in prison by the time I was 20 for a violent crime. And I remember just the, the realisation of how far my life had spiralled from once being a child, a girl in church, to now being in a prison cell. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I started to think about God again. Um, but when I came out of prison, I got introduced to heroin and I just went further on that cycle of addiction. Um, but the, the, the damage that the drugs um, did to my mind was quite extensive. Um, I suffered a psychotic episode and um, a nervous breakdown by the time I was 21. And my life was so filled with darkness, I thought that I could never change. But I remember being in my home and lying in my bed completely broken, completely just um, damaged. And, and my mind was so confused at that time. But I remember being there and lying on my bed. And I remember the old Jesus film from the book of Luke that I had in my bedroom drawer. I started to watch that film obsessively all day, every day, just watching it from beginning to end. And as I was watching that film, I was seeing how Jesus ministered to people, how he set the demon-possessed man free, how he forgave the sinful woman and how he went to the cross. And I knew that even in the midst of such devastation, such darkness, that Jesus Christ could set me free. Long story short, he has and he did. I went into Teen Challenge and while I was there, he not only forgave me and cleansed me and washed me of all of that 
sin and all of those things that had held me bound, but he completely transformed my mind. He changed the way that I thought. He took away all the dark and negative thoughts. He took away the depression that I carried and he gave me a brand new mind. And I can honestly say from that point until now, I have lived free from addiction, free from the heaviness of that oppression and depression that I'd once been bound in. And so I just want to give glory to God for his power to redeem and to save and to deliver. Thank you for listening. Amen. Well, Haley's story is very much um, breakthrough. It's freedom. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. But my hunch is that for Haley and for Paul writing here in the New Testament, certainly for me in my life, that just as we can get those dramatic breakthroughs, more often than not, it's about the transforming, renewing of our mind. This law that Paul says he does delight in it. And I think that's his secret change. He delights so much in a new law, a law of grace. He tried the try harder model he tried the I must be good. He will have grown up very much in that sort of almost pharisaical um, way of life that Jesus so confronted that said, try hard to do good. Don't trip up. Don't fall down. Don't, don't fall over. And, and yet suddenly there he is on the ground on the Damascus Road and revelation happens. And I wonder for us, as we think of change, whether we do need to pray if we're praying people today, and even if we're not, if we're praying for the first time, for revelation. Because light came very forcibly into the Apostle Paul's life. Light came in the form of a, of a, a video about Jesus for Haley, And light will bring revelation that says, do you know what? Because of Jesus and his power, we can change. Because that sort of cycle that Ecclesiastes talks about so mournfully, that, that cycle where um, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, we're stuck, are we stuck, is broken by Jesus that sort of going around that Ecclesiastes talks about, can anything new be under the sun? Jesus was so interventional that he cut that cycle of sin and death and brought life, brought hope, brought forgiveness, brought a new law of grace and a new law of transformation. So while Paul says, I've got this sort of really beautiful law of grace in me that I'm learning, that I'm studying, that is changing me, but I've also got this other side of me that wars with that. And those of us who've struggled with any kind of resistant addiction, those of us who've struggled with perhaps a driver that we do think it's all about, try harder to do good, we need to just come again, I believe, today, and I know this is true for me, and just say, I know that there are these warring things in me, that there is a delight in who Jesus is, a delight in what he can do for Haley, for Paul, but there's still a question, can he do it for me? And the reality is he can and he does. 
I can get quite despairing, as some of you who know me will, will testify about how I, I, I just wish I could be better. I wish I could um, be more godly. I trip up and I, um, even this week, I've, I've been a bit frustrated with myself. But then I do encourage myself, and I hope this is not a smug thing to say, but I look back at the 19-year-old that I once was when I first found faith in Jesus. And I know things have changed in me beyond recognition. But I also know, like Paul, <clears throat> this voice that can say, hmm, things aren't going to change for you. They're not going to change in you or for you. And uh, this was very much brought to light when I was on a, a retreat in uh, in Spain, <laughs> suffering for the gospel as ever. And um, it was a beautiful place. And we were sent off right on the first day to really listen to God um, in our stuckness. And I think that's a, I don't know if it's an expression, but certainly I knew what they meant. And there was an area for me that I just could not have faith for, that I just said, I am stuck. I do not believe for this. And as I sat um, and just in the stillness sort of soaked up what God wanted to say to me, I felt he gave me a picture of a sunflower that was totally bowed down and had its back, if you like, to the light and to the sun. And a real sort of encouragement to me that change was going to happen and that I was going to be um, a sunflower that, that pointed towards the sun, that there would be a new stature, a new radiance, a new confidence that would come and that transformation was possible. And even as I wrote what I thought God had said, there was that other voice that Paul talks about, that other law, if you like, saying, you're making this up. You just like sunflowers. <laughs> and actually, um, I went into the little chapel there for the first time. I rolled up my prayer to put on the altar, which was something we'd been suggested that we do. And I knelt down and there, the tapestry that covered that altar in that little retreat place in Spain had sunflowers, all tapestry sewn into it, facing and looking up at the sun. And I share that because our confidence fluctuates around this. Can we ever change? Can we ever see breakthrough in this particular struggle that we're in? But also there is a challenge in our time and in this moment in history that we really do want to bring about change as well. That we want to be vessels for change. Barack Obama was talking about the need for change and he said, we are the change that we want to see. We are those that we wait for. In other words, we're waiting for change, whether it's systemic change, whether it's justice, we're waiting for change. Even now, as we look at some of the deep concerns in our society, but we've joined a kingdom when we've signed up to follow Jesus, if we have, that is subversive. It's the one that Paul signed up to. It's the same one that says, 
actually you are ordering my chaos internally and externally I now want to be part of bringing order out of chaos, of bringing beauty out of ashes, of bringing redemption where there is the kind of addiction and imprisonment that someone like Haley is experiencing. And yes, some of it will happen dramatically and yes, some of it will happen slowly, but God is a God who does transform us by the renewing of our mind, as Paul writes in the book of Romans. And he can do it for you. He's done it for so many people. Brené Brown uh, says, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes that we are capable of change. And I think sometimes that's that enemy voice that we would, we would call it as Christians that says, you're never going to get free of this. And yet we know that there is evidence from Paul, from Haley, from me, from those people that you know, that change does and will happen. But the beautiful thing about Paul is he's still saying, I'm not there yet. You know, perhaps the most famous thing in, uh, said in car journeys uh, all over the world, are we nearly there yet? And we know that we're not, and that actually until we actually meet with Jesus face to face, we're not fully there yet. We live in the not yet. We know that we're unfinished, if you like, until this final finishing redemption work of Jesus means that we are truly like him and that we reflect him without this marred visage, if you like, that, that currently we have. He is gonna change us and let's believe for that today, let's pray for it today. Uh, maybe you want to ask somebody to pray alongside you today that you will see change, that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that you will know that suddenly, wow, over time you have shaken off that thought, that view, that thing that you would always go back to and that change has started to come. I'm going to now read a little prayer that's written by Ted Loder um, and he wrote this um, really talking about all of our frustration if you like, um, all of our concern, our fear, our anxiety about the fact that can we ever really change and what I love about this prayer is he says that actually let's not change for despair and sort of self-disgust let's pray for change through love of God through a desire to please him through a desire to bring lightness in his world um, justice in his world and to bring about the change that we long to see let's pray O oh God, of such truth as sweeps away our lies, of such grace as shrivels our excuses, come now to find us. Come now to change us. For we've lost ourselves in a shuffle of disguises and the rattle of our empty words. Let your spirit move mercifully to recreate us from the inner chaos of our lives. We have been careless of our days, our loves, our gifts, our opportunity. Our prayer is to change, O oh God, not out of despair of self, but out of our love for you. And for the selves we long to become, let your mercy move in and through us, now and in the days to come. Amen.